there, Bucketheads. So, uh, you obviously clicked next. Either that or you completely skipped episode 2A, which uh, don't do. Go back and listen Why? to it. Listen to why it. Would you, why would you skip St. Augustine? It's amazing. Go listen to it. <laughs> yeah. So, if you haven't listened to part A, go listen to part A and then come back to part B. Because we're listen- we're talking to Jessie all about her Pensacola research, which was yeah. hilarious. Thank so you. funny. Thank you. Yeah. I try. What can I yeah. say? Yeah. So if you if you suffered through part A, then you get to enjoy part B. You I know you didn't suffer through it. So, you know, you enjoyed it the entire time. They have much more faith in me than I do. It's fine. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, That's what best friends are for. Exactly. Exactly. That's because when I doubt myself, there, there they are. And then when they doubt themselves, here I am. So that's how yes. this works. All righty. So teamwork. We- we will stop blathering on and we will let uh, past Caroline and Jesse take <laughs> it away with Pensacola. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my little uh, St. Augustine recap. And um, I hope I did as much uh, as, as much justice as I could, because we definitely went over our a lot of time we were supposed to fit into in a singular hour. So um, let us go ahead and start on Cassie's story. I can't wait to hear all about Pensacola because I don't really know much about it, to be honest. And I can't wait to argue with you about which one is the oldest. Oh, and it's right It's right off the top, bro. It's right off the top. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> all righty. So Pensacola. And I'm just going to let you know. So like, so Caroline handwrites her notes. <laughs> I type my notes. And this is probably the most unprofessional writing that I have ever done in my life <laughs> oh can I tell you how much is misspelled and like oh just no this was purely paper? stream of consciousness so like as <laughs> I was writing like because like I had like my word document open and then I had my historical websites open and like so as I was reading I was just typing and like literally what I would think in my brain I typed so uh this will probably also get interesting <laughs> I don't I don't entirely remember what I wrote last week okay so Pensacola for those of you that don't know where Pensacola is located it is on the panhandle it is the biggest city quote-unquote it to me it feels like a small town but it is the size of a city just because of like all the military bases and stuff Mm -hmm. um but it's literally there's a road in Pensacola called Nine Mile Road because it is nine miles from the Alabama border so like it is it is the last stop in Florida out of of Florida yes I remember or the first stop yeah, I remember passing it on my way to Texas, and I was yeah. like, "Oh no! Oh wait, there's a Bucky's right there." <laughs> no, <laughs> Bye, Florida. Hi, Bucky's. <laughs> if you're if you're ever in Pensacola and you need to stop at a gas station, go to Dodges because they make some good ass fried chicken. Their potato wedges are the shit. It's a gas station. It's like it's like a Southern Wawa. Mm. Yeah. So that's my little my little travel tip for Pensacola is stop at a Dodges. Okay. So Pensacola. So it was, uh, it's a big bay. Um, and it was more than likely named after all of the, I'm going to butcher probably so many names. So I am so sorry. I'm not as good at pronouncing Spanish shit as you are. So, uh, it was named either after the Pansphalia tribe or the Pensacola, like, which is what the local tribe called the Bay area. Okay. Okay, and according to the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian, it's the oldest European settlement in the United States. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. 
<laughs> the Smithsonian said it, not me. This, this Just Smithsonian said right. it. Okay, so um, what Saint Augustine? Saint Augustine was in 1565. Yes. And I even looked up Roanoke just to make sure that was 1587. Oh, yeah. No, like Jamestown. And here, let me let me go back to my notes because I wrote her down. I just didn't say it because I kind of. No, you're good. I summarized. I knew I knew this. I knew this was going to happen. So like, that's why I. All right. That's why I was like, let me let me look. So in 1565, Uh St. Augustine was officially occupied and settled. 45 years before Jamestown and 55 years before the pilgrims even showed up yep. in Massachusetts. So. Now, on that note, Pensacola <laughs> in August of the beautiful year of 1559. So, uh, you know, six years before St. Augustine was a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Spanish explorer totally sailed into Pensacola Bay. His name was uh, Tristan de Luna, who was a dope ass dude when I first moved there. <laughs> he probably he probably wasn't honestly a dope ass dude. Just okay, like if we want to look back at the historical <laughs> like evidentiary support of Spanish like conquistadors, none of them were cool ass dudes. Okay, <laughs> they all raped, they all pillaged, they all murdered. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. But like, so why is this one different? Because his name uh, is Tristan. <laughs> No, because uh, so when I first moved to Pensacola, this is when I first learned about him, because in end of August, beginning of September in Pensacola, uh, we throw a huge party called DeLuna Fest. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously he threw a really big party when they first landed. But uh, I'm skipping I'm skipping a little bit of a part just to talk about the uh, the festival, DeLuna Fest. I don't know if they still have it. Caroline is gone. <laughs> it's I like wanna, I just want to compare people real quick. I just want to compare. <laughs> I'm interrupting you way more than you ever interrupted me. I apologize. But like, I figured so, it was going to happen. That's why I wrote my notes the way I did. So like. Because I'm here with, like, constructual facts and giving you, like, the entire breakdown of a city. I give you a timeline. Just like, that's some dope-ass dude. He threw a party, right? (laughs) I was in college when I learned about him, all right? But you're not in college now. (laughs) Let me relive my glory days. When I actually like, used to go out and socialize. So, like, in St. Augustine, they come in, they kick the French out, they're like, we're going to set up a Catholic-ass town. Tristan Del Luna's like, huh? <laughs> well, so, okay, so here's what happened. Okay. All right. Okay. So the Viceroy of Mexico, Luis Del Vasco, De Vasco, not Del Vasco, uh, he told De Luna, he was like, yo, go make a settlement here in this okay. place wait one question so you okay. said mexico right yes mm-hmm. mexico and spain spain was colonizing mexico okay okay i i i didn't know that continue yeah so spain because because this was after like um like the mexican government like i thought no no no, like, no 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 so stuff. this was this was after what the fuck's his name columbus that guy <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. So, like, he sailed. Columbus sailed the ocean from 1492, blah, blah, blah. So, like, they were already Spanish because the Spanish were the ones that sent Columbus. 
they were already colonizing Central and South America, the Spanish. So on one of their voyages, kind of exploring the area in the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, like two years before Trista de Luna was sent, he mm-hmm. like a dude was like, yo, look at that land over there. That bay looks dope as fuck. So they like made a note of it. <laughs> I just need to point out how different you and I tell stories. <laughs> I'm over here with hard-hitting historical facts, and Jess is like, bruh, that bank looking sick. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, if they were if if explorers talked the way that we talk nowadays. Okay, I think I think you should start off every podcast because like Mine was boring compared to yours so far. <laughs> Damn. I, the coffee might also be kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 guy who sailed past Pensacola Bay like the, a year or two before mm-hmm. made a note of it on their voyage to Mexico where the Viceroy was. He was put there. Like, check out this bay, though. Yeah, right. Like he he pulled out he pulled out his little you know fifteenth technically sixteenth century iPad and like you know took a picture. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, "Yo, check this out." So (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So uh, the viceroy was like, "Oh, cool, Deluna, go like find it and like." make a settlement there and so that's what he did he took a fleet of 11 ships and 1500 settlers including african slaves and indigenous people from mexico because europeans and they reached pensacola six years before pedro (laughs) see i'm not as good at names as you so that's like where you are far superior than me pedro menendez de avies landed so you know, St. Augustine, not necessarily the first coast. Now, granted, his colony in, in, in St. Augustine survived. <laughs> but that's, it, that's, where, that's where they get you, is that St. Augustine is the oldest, oldest, the oldest continuously, continuously inhabited settlement. That's where, that's where we win. Is but it wasn't, it wasn't really occupied. <laughs> It wasn't Deluna's fault because literally one month after they landed, um, unsurprisingly, a hurricane hit and it sank all but like three ships and like destroyed the settlement. Okay, but like, because hurricanes, hurricanes be doing that. Like, yeah, they do. Because, okay, well, think about it. St. Augustine, much along with Jacksonville, is like in this weird armpit area and doesn't get hit (laughs) with hurricanes as much as like places in the Gulf do. (laughs) <laughs> now okay so if we want to really wrap it up here and, and you know because you know we're we're not anywhere close to being done but um <laughs> but do you think this is an opinion question that the one no the one, what, even pentacle mean? is older <laughs> no! no 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 okay so Juan Ponce de Leon landed in Florida in 1513. Okay, but did he make a settlement? No, that's not what I said. 
Mm-hmm. I said Juan Ponce de Leon landed in Florida in 1513. The Spanish government sent six additional expeditions. Do you think the one for Pensacola could have been part of the six? Potentially. That was my question before you. Potentially. Yeah, actually. I mean, I could see that because even though like it wasn't because like, so when you think like the Spanish sent people to make settlements, you Mm -hmm. think that obviously they're coming from Spain, but like, yeah, no, I guess that could make sense that like, since the Spain were in Mexico. Because it says says Spanish government. It doesn't say people in Spain. It's a Spanish government. Yeah. Okay. I will, I will agree with that. Yeah. I would say, I would say that would make sense. Obviously opinion-based, but like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the hurricane hits. Okay. Hurricane hits. Mm -hmm. Lots of wind, lots of rain, lots of trees falling over. Hurricane doing its thing. Hurricane doing its thing. Okay. Um, and this was like a bad bitch hurricane. Like it Oh, it's a Katrina. Yeah. Like it like I I think I wrote down somewhere the name of it, but I don't remember. So if I come across it later, I'll bring it up. But like it like decimated a city in Cuba. Before even getting to Pensacola. So yeah. like the fact that this thing still had that much strength, like it was probably like a category four or category five hurricane. Mm-hmm. And like, know, we, we, we barely, we barely you know. survived those today. Yeah, right. Um, so after the hurricane passed and the city was or the settlement was decimated, it's not a city yet. Uh DeLuna sent help, sent for help. He was like, Yo, Viceroy of Mexico, you sent me here. The storm screwed us over. We need we need help. So, because this is the 1500s, it took a year, mm-hmm. and the struggling survivors, you know, were eventually saved, and the majority of them were taken to Havana. By 1650, or not 16, by 1561, numbers are hard, uh, only a military outpost remained. But they soon abandoned it because... Pensacola is Pensacola and there were, you know, natives and storms and stuff all the time. Yeah. And so they all went back to Mexico and that was their loss because Pensacola is great. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm sorry. Like it's some of the most gorgeous views of the Gulf of Mexico from Florida, in my opinion. Probably. The sand has bioluminescence in it. I don't think I've ever actually been there to the beach, to be honest. We Not used to go we would we would go to the beach at night when we were in college there and that's when we learned that the sand has bioluminescence in it when you move it that's fine yeah so pensacola stayed unsettled by any europeans until spain tried again all the way in 1698 so like spain was like nah not that's not no we're gonna we're gonna wait a bit And during this time, Pensacola was described as the finest jewel possessed by his majesty, not only here in America, but in all his kingdom. And that was by Mexican scholar, oh, I'm going to butcher this horribly, and I even said that in my notes, Carlos de Sengueza y Gongora. Gongora? Gongora. Gongora. Okay. Yeah, G-O-N-G-O-R-A, and the first O has like the little dashy mark over it. Gongora. Yeah. And then in May 1719, my my time frame jumps a bit more than yours just because Pensacola was, you know, kind of not towards the edge of like the colonies. 
mm-hmm. know, the colonization effort. So like, I don't know that they were keeping as great a records or that those records survived. Okay. So in, in May, 1719, the Spaniards surrendered Pensacola to the French. Mm, that makes sense. Cause they were at war and shit yeah. like that happens in war. Mm-hmm. Also, you're um, kind of around that line of Alabama, Louisiana. Yeah. So like they, they, the French were very prevalent there. Exactly. Um, so there's like Pensacola has a lot of like Spanish and French architecture mixed together. Mm, I yeah. Great. So like St. Augustine meets New Orleans. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Britannica literally says that the city was just ravaged during mm. the war. Yeah. And I think that's why Spain gave it up because they were like, well, you know, that yeah. the, the French did it right for the English burned St. Augustine and was like, if I can't have it, nobody can. Mm-hmm. The French were like, we're going to burn it. And then Spain was like, all right, you can have it now. You know, nice. Love yeah. That. So during the next 100 years, Pensacola would go from the French to the Spanish to the British back to the Spanish. And it would stay the Spanish. And, yep. It's known as the city of five flags. Mm, okay. Yeah. So uh, it would stay in the Spanish possession until 1821 when Spain gave Florida to the U.S. Same as, yeah. you know, San oh, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So when the British had Pensacola in 1763, it was the capital of West Florida. Interesting. Yeah, because, you know. The fact that there was an entire West Florida is interesting. Yeah. Oh, I found found this really cool map. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like a progression of maps of how they did um, counties Mm. throughout time. And it was literally like, it was, at first, Florida was just two counties. Like, they divided the state in half. And they were like, this is West Florida. This is East Florida. And then, like, as the years went on, like, you can see the addition of additional counties. Where did they split it? Um. I can see if I can find the post real quick, but because like was, if you split it down like the Panhandle, there's not a lot of West Florida. I don't think it was down the Panhandle. I think it was more like Through down like kind of where like 75 is, which is kind of weird. Yeah, because like there's not a lot of West Florida if you really think about it. Yeah, and we can. I kind of want to post the picture of it. I found it on Reddit when I was looking. Okay. But um, we can post the picture of it on Instagram. So this way, okay. like other people can see it if they want, which of follow course. us on Instagram, uh, history underscore bucket on Instagram. Yes, please. So actually, no, it was kind of the panhandle-ish. I'm going to try to like show you. I don't know how well you'll be able to see it. Oh, yeah. Like it's literally just the panhandle. Yeah. So it was like just kind of east of Tallahassee. That's weird. And that's then it moved, it moved a little bit further over. Like, that's like <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, no, I saved it because I was like, well, that's dope to yeah. find. Um, so it was the capital of West Florida. And then okay. during the American Revolution in 1781, it was a safe haven for British loyalists. Mm. But then it was taken by Spanish forces for Louisiana. Okay. okay. And then in 1818, the fucktard Andrew Jackson came in. <laughs> And captured the city during the first Seminole War. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Then in 1821, Mm -hmm. when the U.S. got Florida, Pensacola got a Navy Yard, which is what it is still kind of known for to this day, is all of the military bases. So during the outbreak of the Civil War, unsurprisingly, Pensacola was 
occupied by the Confederates since it was in the South. Mm-hmm. But Fort Pickens is in Santa Rosa Island. Like it's on Santa Rosa Island. And so like there's Pensacola Bay. And then like, of course, the bay has little islands. Mm-hmm. And so on one of those islands, there was another fort. So there's like the main fort on the land at the Navy base. And mm-hmm. then there's another fort on a little island that stayed in Union hands. Interesting. Yeah. So there was like an island of Union soldiers <laughs> and then a state of Confederates. <laughs> hey, there was a little Union in my pocket up there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that was super fun for, you know, everybody that lived on that island. How does, how how i don't know but i guess they were badasses because in 1862 the confederates evacuated pensacola damn yeah all right go those little union soldiers on that little island exactly so in 1914 the navy yard after the civil war and all that kinds of stuff and you know world war one i guess was was world war one happening in 1914 i think so because World War II started in, like, the 30s. So either World War I was, so. like, just about to start or had already started. Uh, the Navy Yard was officially upgraded. Go ahead. Time fucks with me. <laughs> That's a mood. Okay, no. Civil War, World War II, or World War One, eighteen, nineteen. Okay, never mind. I'm good. Cause like we, okay, so we were I, I was I was in the Boston Science Museum with my mom, right? And they had this big cutout of this fucking tree. Cause you oh know, yeah, like, and it had the rings, it like the labels. rings, right? And like all the way at the bay in the center of this ring was when Caesar was born, and it was like thousands of something years old, or like years ago. And I was like, we're still talking about this motherfucking guy, like this, like oh, time. Uh, he's a historical talks. figure, man. Time fucks with me so hard, uh-huh. man. Like, so, anyway. So I Googled it, mm-hmm. and I was correct. World War I started in 1914. <laughs> Good for you. So, like, it was, like, <laughs> just happening. Um, so in 1914, the Navy Yard was upgraded to a naval air station, and an aviation training school was put there, which really helped the economy of the city. I'm sure it did. And that's really, honestly, kind of the history of Pensacola that I could, like, find on, like, my basic research book. Mm -hmm. Because after 1914, obviously, like, there was World War II. They did more training. They expanded the military bases. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, being right next to Alabama, you can imagine how the civil rights went there. Swimmingly, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. It was great, you know. Unlike unlike St. Augustine, people in Pensacola did have slaves. Mm, that's unfortunate very unfortunate um but i have a little bit more history in with my haunted shit okay i like that because much like saint augustine pensacola has a lighthouse because it's Mm. on the water yep so in 1823 congress was like you guys have a navy yard should probably have something that lets the boats know where to go and like that land is coming up Mm -hmm. so we want you guys to build a lighthouse and they did and it was called Pensacola Lighthouse. Creative. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to always pronounce his name wrong. I pronounced his name wrong the entire time I lived there. Fort Barrancas, I'm pretty sure that's not how you pronounce it, was <laughs> picked to home the lighthouse. Okay. Because ships could steer directly towards it into the bay and get right into the harbor. Interesting. Okay. Now, 
It was super convenient, but it gets a little more inconvenient later on. Mm-hmm. On December 24th, not the 24th, wow, December 20th, 1824, because you know I can't read numbers. Numbers are hard. It's you hard. know I can't read numbers. I've never been able to read numbers. That's one of the things that makes history so complicated for me. <laughs> the lamp was lit by Jeremiah Ingram. Okay, Jeremiah. During, during his stay there, he married Michaela Pendlebar, and they had three kids. Good for them. When he died, Michaela took over as okay. lighthousekeeper. Mm-hmm. And in 1840, this I just found as kind of a funny little note. Um, so Pensacola Lighthouse was built with one of the first actual like self-rotating pendulums. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, the light would go kind of automatically and you just kind of had to make sure it stayed lit. Yeah. Um, in 1840, that mechanism broke. So she okay. had to hire two men to turn it manually until they could fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope they were paid well, but like back then that was probably like a nickel an hour. Like, but I'm just picturing these two men at the top of the lighthouse. Like just rotating their shit. Like, rotating. Oh my God. Yeah. I wonder how long that job was. <laughs> that's, that's what I was wondering. It didn't say how long it took them to fix it. Like, cause like I got this straight from the Pensacola lighthouse website. Yeah. And it did not say how long it took them to fix it. So, like, was it, like, a day or two? Or was it, like, like I have to send a letter to Congress to get the funding? And we're talking, like, like months. Six months later, these guys have no arms left because they rotated <laughs> them off. No, their arms are bulked. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely skipped, like, day. Actually, no, that is a lie. You have to walk up the stairs. Stairs. To get to the thing. It was a full body workout. Full body workout. Buff as hell. (laughs) So while the lighthouse was like put in a good spot for like ships Mm -hmm. to come directly into the harbor, um, apparently Santa Rosa Island was kind of getting in the way because in 1850, people were like, hey, the trees on that island are blocking the light and it's super dim. And so like we can't really see it until we get like right up on it. Oh, okay. Which for a lighthouse is not a good thing. Not normally, no. No. So in doing my research, I fully expected that they were just going to cut down the trees on the island, which would have been super depressing. Mm -hmm. But Congress was like, no, we're not going to do that. We're just going to build another one a little ways down out of the way of the trees so you can see this one. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) So instead instead of cutting down the trees on the island... This way you could see the light of the already built lighthouse. They were like, we're just going to build another one like a mile or two down the way. Save the trees, but spend the money. Yeah. I I can't <laughs> really argue. And my thing is. With the fact. Uh, like, I'm glad they saved the trees. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But my thing is, is so my grandmother obsessed with lighthouses. They did an entire lighthouse tour up and down the eastern seaboard of the United States. I think my grandmother also likes lighthouses. It must be a grandma thing. It must be a grandma thing. Like the office at my grandma and dad's house was just lighthouse themed. Their bathroom at their house, lighthouse themed. Yeah. So there I know. So I know for a fact that lighthouses can be moved. Okay. I didn't know that. That's good. Yes. Because one lighthouse was moved from like 
north to like northern to south in the state like that kind of deal and like she has pictures of it like on the huge ass carrying thing that they like picked up the whole fucking lighthouse put it on this you know bed that this truck pulled and they just moved it somewhere else so i'm like why couldn't you just move the lighthouse lighthouse? like why did you why did you have to build a new one spend the money they're like we have a surplus this year if we don't spend the money mommy and daddy take it away so yeah we're gonna spend it on a new lighthouse Mm -hmm. so just to make sure that people could see this new lighthouse they painted it bright ass white a full just white lighthouse i have so many thoughts on a white lighthouse but like mostly just no yeah seems very boring it does so so that one was lit for the first time on new year's day of 1859 so for nine years it took them to build this lighthouse because people started complaining in 1850 so for nine years people those trees were still getting in the way (laughs) your face (laughs) so the government's been doing stupid shit forever not it (laughs) that's the lesson in this fucking story why spend Nine years, and Lord knows how much money, on building a new lighthouse. Just fucking cut the trees down. No, no, spend the money. But I will admit, I saw pictures of the original lighthouse, and it was a. Li- it was way too short. It was <laughs> not. Then that's just poor planning. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> it was. It was a little lighthouse. Like, I don't think it was more than like two two stories high. Right. No, like it was it was a small lighthouse. I mean, I could also be highly underestimating the height. It might have been like three or four. I don't know. But like it was like probably half the size of like lighthouses nowadays. Bitches. Like, it was not a tall lighthouse whatsoever. So during the Civil War, bitches. the new lighthouse, mm-hmm. you know, was chilling there. And the Civil War started. Florida dipped from the Union mm-hmm. and Union forces left for Brancos for Fort Pickens. I prefer Fort Fort Pickens because I can say it. But so the Union soldiers left the the fort with the lighthouse because I'm just going to stop saying its name because I'm never Mm going to know. I even looked up how to say it and there were like five different ways to say it. And I was just like, I quit. I'm done. Okay. So they left the lighthouse fort for the Fort Pickens on Santa Rosa Island. And the Confederates just kind of took over the light. They turned it off. They took out the Fresnel lens because this was one of the first lighthouses that actually had like a light bulb. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just, you know, sat across the bay from each other and their little forts just watched each other for a few months. Because the Civil War started in like January, I think. And so like they just kind of watched each other from their little forts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just picturing that mm-hmm. because, you know, there had to be friends mm-hmm. on either side. It had to be real tense. It had to be not fun. So, like, you and I picture those things very differently. (laughs) How do you picture it? So I picture it. There's these two islands just staring at each other. And I can just picture one of the guys on one of the islands getting real fucking bored. And, like, making a sign. (laughs) And being like, 
sup? <laughs> <laughs> like 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 the Taylor Swift music video where they're talking through the window with the <laughs> <laughs> The other guys on the other side of the on the other island are like, the fuck is that guy doing? Oh. Somebody, somebody, get the telescope. We can't read it from here, right? They come like out with that Jack Sparrow like little long ass like thing, and they put it to their eyeball. Oh, it's just up. Somebody get some paper. <laughs> We want to write back. Nothing, you. <laughs> how's, your, how's your food rationing going over there, buddy? <laughs> or like they like draw like a tic tac toe board or something, and they play like long distance tic tac toe. <laughs> well, like, I can't picture like like they have like guns on each other or something like that, being all serious and shit. Like after a while, you're just gonna get fucking bored staring at each other. I would, uh yeah well somebody must have pissed somebody off with the tic-tac-toe game okay because like after 10 months staring at each other a two-day a two-day artillery battle happened between the two forts someone cheated exactly (laughs) somebody didn't put the x in the right spot they didn't and the o's and the o's got mad (laughs) okay (laughs) so the lighthouse batteries as they were called which when i read this it took me way, way too long to realize that they were talking about military batteries, because I was like, batteries weren't invented back then. Why did the light? <laughs> why did the lighthouse have batteries? Like, okay, but like you said that, and my first thought was like, are they double? Like, are they like, like really double A? Like, the, the tower, the tower of the lighthouse. Like, yeah. you have like the remote control panel on the back of it. And you just get the batteries in it. <laughs> Oh. All right, you should try it, turn it off and then turn it back on again. It should be fine now. Dude, <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, why did the lighthouse have batteries? And then mm. I realized it was military batteries that were stationed around the base of the lighthouse. Mm. Um, those, those, those were the frequent targets of the Fort Pickens soldiers, because obviously, like, there's a giant lighthouse signaling to where they are. Oh, right here. It's lit- literally that's what the lighthouse is for is to be like, shoot here. But they were apparently as bad as stormtroopers with their aim because only no. like six rounds hit the lighthouse. <laughs> Either that or they were like, Pokina, did it bounce right off? <laughs> <laughs> Either that or they were like shooting from really far away with guns that should not be shooting really far away because mm. this was still the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> It's all like a pic- like the gunfire goes off and it's like, where where did it go? Pretty much. <laughs> I don't did we hit something? No. Try again. <laughs> and clearly they found out that they didn't weren't that good at their aim because when the Union got Pensacola back because the Confederate soldiers just skedaddled. Mm-hmm. out of pensacola uh they found that it was in clear in good damage in good, good condition there was barely any damage to the lighthouse after yeah. all of that so uh they decided to spiffy it up some they built a new keeper's house and they were like you know what we don't want it to be all white sometimes that blends in with the clouds yeah because the clouds are also white yeah. so we're gonna paint the top half black Not so now the, better. <laughs> so uh-huh. the top half of the lighthouse is black and the bottom half is just is white. We could have put just Dalmatian polka dots on it, and it would have been better than that. Like they they weren't being particularly creative. There was no spiral. 
you know, Ugh. nothing like that. Oh, my. Um, but, but my thing is, like, I get why they painted the bottom white, because it doesn't snow here. So it's not like you're ever going to, like, lose the bottom half into the ground. Yeah. But the top half, it's black. And, like, yeah, clouds don't get black, black. But, again, we were talking hurricanes. And them Florida. clouds get dark. Yeah. It's, it's not, they're not, we're not improving on a bad idea here. I think we're just getting worse or staying right? pretty. I feel like lighthouses need designs. Yeah, like I said, Dalmatian polka dots. <laughs> is there, is there a lighthouse with Dalmatian polka dots on it? Fucking Google that shit right now. <laughs> well, no, there is not a lighthouse with Dalmatian polka dots, and I'm starting a petition right now <laughs> to make one. I would say we could repaint the Pensacola lighthouse, but unfortunately it is now located on what is an AS pen. Um, so I y'all know that they would do that probably not but anyway dark clouds hurricanes don't know that the black was typically an improvement of that but speaking of hurricanes this lighthouse was struck twice by lightning wow the first time in 1874 and then again the year later which makes more it makes more sense than an above ground grave to me that the lighthouse was struck yes that makes more sense but here's the crazy thing was there a cat creature in it? Was there a cat creature in it? Because if not, then I'm, the story is not valid. The cat creature must be in anything that the lightning strikes from now on, just because that's stupid dumbass. I did not see any record that there was a cat involved with the lightning strikes. Bullshit. Must now, are you ready? Out. Are you ready for some crazy shit? Because you also grew up in Florida. So when I'm I found so this mad. out, I was like, excuse me, please repeat that. But obviously, I was reading it, so I just had to reread it. <laughs> I'm sorry. What am I doing? Um, Ready? An earthquake hit the lighthouse. What? An earthquake hit the lighthouse. It lasted three to four minutes, and it shook so hard that the pendulum clock on the lower floor stopped working at 9.07 p.m. Uh, an earthquake uh, in Florida, in Pensacola. I have that was questions that was strong enough to stop the pendulum mechanism. I have so many questions, so many. Um, mostly how, um, and then how, and then also maybe possibly how. We're not anywhere close to a fault line. Yeah. How? So, like, I don't know. The wrath of God? Like, what? I mean, possibly. It is Pensacola. It's Florida in general. Exactly. But, like, yeah, no, apparently, like, it, like, shook the town. And I was just like, yeah, earthquake in Florida? No, we don't do that here. We do hurricanes. That's all we do. Yeah. We do hurricanes and, and crazy snakes. That's what we do here. Oh, and then there's that one guy who took the bath salts and then ate that guy's face. Oh yeah, we also do we also do zombies. That's that yeah. is that is true. We yeah, do do zombies. We do do zombies. Um Yeah, no, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I am yeah. I so violence. yeah. I was I was made very uncomfortable by reading that, knowing that there could potentially ever be an earthquake in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so because I was like, like, oh great, nowhere is safe. I mean, obviously nowhere is safe. Um yeah, nowhere is safe. <laughs> nowhere is safe. Um, that's just, yeah, that's it. There's nowhere. So 
to the hauntings of the lighthouse because Ooh, it's yes. a lighthouse it must be haunted of course you know like requirement so like it was theater requirement oh no and i've got theaters on my list because oh, of course there is. again the, every, every theater, theater is all haunted period the end um it was visited by the ghost hunters I don't know if I've seen the episode or not, going to be completely honest. Um, so I don't know if they found anything. Knowing them, they probably think they did. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so there are conflicting rumors as to the person who is haunting the lighthouse. Okay. Some people think it's Michaela. Some mm-hmm. people think it's Jeremiah. There is a rumor mm-hmm. that Michaela murdered her husband. Oh, that's always a good one. She stabbed him to death. Mm. And it could be one of three reasons. Uh, can I take a guess at one of them just because I want to? Yes, please. Because you're probably going to be right. Because this was the 1800s. Um, she was bored and tired of his breathing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it's other, it's other, it's other married man shit back in like, the 1800s. Oh, the first reason oh. that people think was that there was spousal abuse. Okay. Which would make sense that, like, she would snap and be tired of his bullshit. Obviously. Um, The second one is that she was jealous of the lighthouse, taking up his time. Is he fucking the lighthouse? (laughs) Well, no, 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 because here comes the other one. Okay. The third reason, potentially, is that because she loved the lighthouse more than him, and they often had disagreements as to the fact that he didn't take as good of care of the lighthouse as she thought it should be taken care of. So is she fucking the lighthouse? Who's fucking the lighthouse? <laughs> I don't quite know. <laughs> but I feel like out of those two, the second one would make more sense. Because if she murders him because he spends too much time with the lighthouse, she then was the person who took care of the lighthouse. So that's like. Your husband is cheating on you. You kill him, and then you take care of his mistress. Yeah, this leaves a little counterintuitive. Let's be honest. So what I'm thinking is, is either he was abusive. Mm -hmm. Alcoholic. Or she had a different kind of love for the lighthouse than she should. (laughs) Well, there are people who... Like, she just really loved... Yeah, she really like, loved she really loved how it looked it was a i mean it was beautiful like it's party and um it really takes care of me not like you do jeremiah so i you know what i'm i'm really fighting <laughs> i'm really fighting not to say something but it's gonna come out so like do it i mean it's a phallic object like yeah yeah it's there it was just that was but again it could also be multiple (laughs) things he could be abusive and so that could be why she enjoyed taking care of the lighthouse so much was because it gave her a distraction yeah from his abuse it probably is a combination honestly all three like there's probably truth in all of it because mostly like townspeople at the time did say that they often had because so since they lived at the lighthouse house they weren't like in the city so yeah. like Jeremiah would come into town to like get supplies and shit. Mm-hmm. And like apparently he would tell stories that they would argue about the upkeep of the lighthouse. Yeah. And like she was like nagging him that he wasn't doing good enough and all that kinds of shit. Yeah. So well, like there's probably truth in all of it because you know, normally if it not not to say this is always the case, but there is normally a sliver of truth to most rumors right 
So it, it is normally based on some kind of accuracy of some kind of information. Right. So it could be he was an alcoholic and abusive and she, and, and because of that, he wasn't keeping the the lighthouse how it should be kept. So she was taking care of it more because it distracted her from him. And, you know, and so she needed to take more, like she wanted him to take care of it better because, you know, so you yeah. just combine all three stories. Or, but there is no, like, there is no proof that she was the reason he died. Okay. That's good. So, no you autopsy. Know, I mean, <laughs> no, there was no autopsy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, obviously she didn't, like, go to prison or anything because she's the one that took over taking care of the lighthouse after he died. Yeah. So, so um, but whichever one of them that it is that haunts the lighthouse, mm-hmm. uh, they like to throw things at people. People have seen forms in the window of the lighthouse. Okay. And people have heard a voice calling their name. Interesting. Door slamming, pipe tobacco smell. Okay. Basic normal shit. Yep. Now, something that leads people to believe the rumors that she murdered her husband is supposedly, and I did look up pictures and there are, it was like hard to tell if it was actually like from the Pensacola Lighthouse Keeper's home. Mm-hmm. Just because of how the internet is. Yeah. Because like, the, yeah. So like there were like multiple, because like, obviously I searched up Pensacola Lighthouse bloodstain because there is a bloodstain supposedly on the floor of the okay. keeper's home. Okay. And like, when you type that in, you just get a whole shit ton of different results and like nothing definitive and like blog posts that random people have written and stuff like that. Of course. So there's supposedly this bloodstain that won't go away no matter how hard it's cleaned. Like somebody who grew up living there in the keeper's home, like said, like as a child, he would like go and clean, try to clean the stain up because it Mm -hmm. made him uncomfortable. And then the next day it would be back. That's that's a good one though. Like yeah. if that's accurate, like if that's really like a thing, that's a good solid one. Or or here we go, just throwing this out there. It could just be a defect in the wood. <laughs> it could be that it has seeped into the wood, whatever liquid yeah. it is. Yeah. And then, you know, when you clean it, the wood gets dark, you think it's gone, and then the next day it's dried, and then the stain or whatever it is is back. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, or could be haunted ghost stain. I'm here for it. Yeah. So, like, if Jeremiah was murdered, and Mm -hmm. if that is his blood, sounds to me like that's his doing, being like, bitch, I was murdered here. Mm -hmm. Like, she got away with it. Proof. Proof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a bunch of keepers that have lived there after Jeremiah and Michaela and then her son-in-law took over after her. So after them, mm-hmm. um, the keepers that lived there were very happy to say that they uh, left very quickly when their tenure was up and that they never felt truly alone while living there. Mm, the one the one creepy claim that like really like sinked into my bones Mm-hmm. was that apparently there's laughter that comes from somewhere in the tower and that it's strong enough to rattle the windows. Interesting. Yeah. It's a solid one. So like my favorite thing about haunting stories are those little unique like nuances in them because you get the ones that are always like oh you see the shadows you smell the perfume you hear the thing there's footsteps yeah the the basic shit the basic shit your basic level haunting but like that 
that is a solid like level three level haunting i would say yeah. now that we have some made up levels we don't just, know just we created in our top of we'll, our heads we'll, here. yeah i was to say it'll we'll build on the levels of creepiness i'm sure we will but yeah no. like that's basic level stuff yeah so are you ready for the good shit there's about more why, about why some people think this this lighthouse is haunted yeah i don't yeah. think you're i don't think you're ready there's already a blood stain and this has nothing 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 no, this has nothing to do with a woman supposedly murdering her husband who light, loved the lighthouse too much to leave nothing to do with that all right well now i'm here for it according to some people who have theorized as to mm-hmm. what is creating the hauntings of this lighthouse is that apparently if you use astronomy charts the lighthouse is situated on a like vortex doorway thingy which is a link between our world <laughs> your face is already making a door i can't finish this between our world and a world where lighthouse keepers from all over who have died during storms live uh, or stay i guess they don't live there because they're dead uh, <laughs> you're gone and apparently through this vortex, all of these lighthouse keeper ghosts come through the doorway and just like hang out. <laughs> because apparently they can't do that in this like lighthouse keeper realm where they all already live. <laughs> I like how you moved your mic away because you're laughing so hard. Are you crying, bro? Oh, God. (laughs) I told you about better. My stories are not this good. Uh, I have failed. No, your stories are good. It's just mine are crazier. (laughs) Mine are crazier. Okay. Okay. Um oh wow, there is so much to process there. Uh, yeah. So um, that's that's the Pensacola Lighthouse located on NAS Pen. Uh, I see so many questions going through your brain, and I guarantee you I cannot answer any of them. Oh, I know. I know. Mostly, I think my number one question. For the people who theorize this, not for you. For the people who theorize this, uh, how do I even word this? Why would you think there is a realm (laughs) of just lighthouse keepers (laughs) who specifically died in a storm who specifically have died in a storm because obviously your afterlife is based off your occupation obviously (laughs) why religion has nothing Nothing, to do with it nothing to do with it it is your career and your career alone um so when people say you're going to college for a specific thing you're fucking locked in for the rest of your life yep um you're going uh, to asl interpreter heaven I don't want or hell. It might be hell to you. It's it's hell. Um, Mine is definitely going to be a hell because I'm going to be stuck with film bros. uh, 
I, oh my God. That was good, wasn't it? When I read, when I read that, I was like, oh, we have entered. That's top tier. Pensacola just produces some (gasps) beautiful stories, man. I'm over here like, I'm over here like, oh yeah, the general had a girlfriend. He cheated on, no, you're like, there is a vortex. (laughs) Produces lighthouse keepers from another realm. And they hang out in this one particular fucking lighthouse because just the one, just the one. <laughs> because astronomy charts say so. Oh God, that is gold. Ah, oh, platinum. Not even gold. That's fucking platinum worthy shit. I love it. Oh my. Ah. Oh. Alrighty, so we're moving from the bay. We're Please moving do. from the forts and the lighthouses. <laughs> uh, a little bit more inland to what is now called the Seville Quarter. Okay. It is a place that I uh, did frequent in my youth when I was in college. (laughs) Sound like we're like old or something. (laughs) Well, it was when I was like 18. So it was like a decade ago. Oh, God. Continue. So uh, the little blog that I found about this... uh, said it used to be not such an honorable place mm. and that really made me wonder like is it honorable now because like when I was there <laughs> like maybe it's gotten better in the decades since I went but like <laughs> so Seville Quarter currently is comprised of eight different rooms it's actually a super cool like club slash bar type place mm-hmm. So when you first walk in, or at least the main entrance that, like, I guess we used to use is a dueling piano bar called Rosie O'Grady's. Okay. And then, like, you walk through it, like, there's, like, a little hallway that you walk through after leaving Rosie's, and you have, like, Lily Marlene's karaoke, there's a Palace Cafe, uh, Fast Eddie's Billiard, there's, so there's, like, a billiard room, there's an End of the Alley bar, which is right before Phineas Foggs, which is Phineas Foggs is the actual club. That okay. you go in, and then there's Apple Ann's and Heritage Hall, which are both like event spaces. So, since this place is so big, it is unsurprising that, like, back in the day, it was a warehouse. Okay. Because it was so close to the docks. Yeah. And because it was so close to the docks, uh, it uh, was home to some, you know, stuff. Like, uh, it was it's red light district. Mm. The sexy means, part of town. Which means sex workers. Yeah. Which should which should be legal. Yeah. And fuck off anyone who disagrees. I, I, I literally wrote that in my notes. <laughs> okay. And according according to historical documents, the second floor of Seville mm-hmm. was used for like the sex workers to like do their jobs. So a brothel. Basically. Um, And it was used for this all the way into the 1930s. So I'm sure there was, you know, strict prohibition rules going on in there. You know, I'm sure they everybody was sober. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So on the second floor of Seville, like in Phineas Foggs, there's a second floor to the club. But like the rest of it is like where like there's office workers for like the managers and stuff like that. And like rooms for the workers during special events to get dressed. Um, I'm not going to say the names of like the people who told these stories just because like the blog that I found was from a while ago Mm -hmm. and I don't know like you know I don't want to put their shit out there yeah type of deal because like one of the ladies is like now like one of the managers of Seville okay 
or at least she was when she was telling the stories. So uh, there's on the second floor an apparition of a woman who has been seen by employees then like like multiple women just like kind of show up and disappear like mm. walking yeah. through doorways and shit because the girls used to work up there yeah you know making their money as they Doing should having fun probably yeah and so one worker and this is the worker who's like the main person like telling these different stories mm-hmm. she was there originally working as one of their performers for a mardi gras event okay and she was upstairs getting ready and she said i felt the air come on and i felt someone in the room with me mm-hmm. i thought it was one of my crew members coming up and then she was right there she was certainly not anyone the work any uh, anyone that this worker had ever seen before and the unknown woman probably hadn't been seen by anyone in many years mm-hmm. You know, uh, she wore her hair up in a chignon. Chignon? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Did I pronounce yeah. it right? No. What? How is it pronounced? I don't know. But I know okay. it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's probably it's probably a French word, so it's probably like it's, chignon. It's like yeah, it's like where you like twist your hair up. It's kind of like a fancy oh. bun. Yeah. Okay. And then she was wearing a white puffy sleeved dress with an expression that showed she was just as surprised by the interaction as the girl who was seeing her. Mm. So the girl, the, the worker was like, both of us were like, Oh, you can see me because I can see you. And when the worker went to like, look at her own reflection in the mirror behind the woman, that's when she realized that the lady was just gone. So Mm. like, she just like disappeared out of the peripheral of the Mardi Gras worker. Mm. So the Mardi Gras worker, who's now a regular employee uh, of Seville, she has an office now and all that kinds of stuff. And she said, one afternoon about four years ago, our graphic designer was working late and was alone in the office. And her desk is across the hall that faces the manager's office. Mm -hmm. And suddenly something apparently caught the graphic designer's eye. And she looked over the top of her computer screen and saw a woman wearing a heavy velvet cape in the middle of June. Which in Florida is real hot. Mm -hmm. And she said that she could see the light from the window on the other side of the woman, like it was shining through her. Transparent. Got it. Yeah. So she was, the woman who was in the velvet cape was standing at the manager's desk, looking at the empty chair where the manager normally sits. Mm. So the graphic designer called the manager and was like um there's a ghost i don't know if she said like there's a ghost but like she yeah. was like you know i don't know what to do there's somebody in your office and the manager was like well just tell her to go away so she said go away and apparently the apparition left wow that's so easy right <laughs> i was like well damn right if only other ghosts worked that way go so, away Oh, sorry. Peace. Yeah, right. Oh, my bad. Didn't realize you were working late. Bye. So the last ghost from Seville, uh, his name is Wesley. Mm -hmm. And his picture still hangs by the piano in Rosie O'Grady's. This is a more recent haunting that started. Um, He worked at Seville in the 1980s. I think Seville, like, opened originally in, like, the 60s. Okay. Yeah. 
like as like and then it has become what it is now i think it originally it was like a piano bar type deal and now it's like the more modern with the billiards and karaoke and all that kinds of stuff as trends change obviously seville changed yeah um but he was really well known around the the quarter because it's seville quarter so the quarter um and then he started out as a doorman and he worked his way all the way up to bartender and after his first shift as a bartender he went into the cooler because it was super hot it's florida it was probably it was probably during the summertime that kind of deal Um, to hang out and seville isn't necessarily the best aerated Mm. a lot of sweaty bodies yes a lot of people drinking Mm -hmm. um so it gets really hot in there Mm -hmm. so the cooler that they keep like their drinks and stuff in is nicknamed siberia because of how cold it is so he goes in there and uh apparently it was too much for his heart condition and and at 27 years old he died in the cooler oh yes so everybody was really upset because obviously like they knew him they'd worked with him for a few years and all that kind of stuff um but he really liked his job and so he decided to stay oh yeah so um one of the employees is said quoted as saying we had a doorman who was walking from end of the alley and apparently saw him because he went straight out the front door the doorman said what's wrong or uh the head doorman who was this person's boss was like well what's wrong you look like you've seen a ghost and the doorman who saw wesley was like i did i quit oh wow because obviously like these people were working there they knew him so they're like we know he's dead (laughs) like yeah so uh apparently despite freaking people out wesley just likes to have a bit of fun um it's a club so like that's fine Uh, like yeah he likes to flick the lights on and off uh he's apparently uh, seen the most upstairs at phineas's um so like you know the upstairs were part of the actual like club like where you know they have the pump and beats yeah um and uh late night workers have said that they actually feel safer when they see him because it's like he's keeping an eye on them to make sure that they're all right alone in the building at night oh yeah we love a protective ghost exactly um whenever and this i thought was a little cool little thing was apparently when the tampa ghost hunters investigated seville quarter they took a picture in rosie o'grady's piano bar and above each bar stool at the bar, there was an orb above each singular one. Oh, wow. Like, there were people still just chilling there having drinks together. Hmm. And now, like, I'm, I'm always sus when it comes to, like, orbs and stuff. Because, yeah. like, it could just be dust particles being caught up by the camera's flash. Yeah. But, like, I thought that was kind of interesting that there was, like, one above each little, each yeah. little bar stool. Like, they're, you know, they were waiting yeah. for Wesley to get him, to get him their drinks. That's, exactly. That's what it was. I thought now, was- yeah, I know. I never felt any vibes from ghosts when I would go to Seville. I only felt creepy vibes from like the men that were there. Obviously. The so men. like I can't speak to it, but it would not surprise me if the place was haunted just because oh, yeah. of how long it's been there. And like downtown Pensacola and like, you know, like Main Street and stuff like that. Fucking gorgeous. Old school architecture all throughout. All that kinds of stuff. Very nice. Now I have some shorter summaries of haunted places just because I can't help myself. <laughs> and this one I need you to Google pictures of because this is your, this is your dream. Okay. It's called Pensacola Victorian Bed and Breakfast. All right. Um, and I literally put in all caps, make Caroline Google this one. It's her dream home. Pensacola Victorian Bed and Breakfast. Comes right up. Images. 
Oh, yeah, I've seen that house. It's gorgeous. Yes. So it's a bed and breakfast, you know, next trip you're making on your way home from mm-hmm. Texas. You should totally stay the night there. Okay. So this house was built in the 1890s by a ship captain named William Northup. Okay. Um, the creepy stuff that goes on here uh, includes classical music, children giggling, a mm-hmm. woman wearing a Victorian nightgown, mm-hmm. basic shit. Um, basic level haunting. Yeah. And the smells of breakfast cooking, which I'm cool with, except for the fact that there's no breakfast after the smells go away. Aww. Yeah. So, like, the ghosts don't that's, make you breakfast. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, could you imagine waking up to the smell of, like, bacon and eggs, though? And then, and like, no good. one's making you bacon and eggs? I'd be pissed. I, I know. I would be like, oh. <laughs> like, you would wake up and be like, oh, my gosh. And then you would get immediately depressed because there's no bacon and eggs. Exactly. Um. The Pensacola Victorian Bed and Breakfast uh, was also hunted by the ghost hunters. So, okay. uh, again, I don't know if I ever saw the episode. I don't know if they found anything. They probably did it in the same episode that they did the Pensacola Lighthouse in because mm-hmm. they were in yeah. Pensacola. Yep. Um, the Gray House, which is supposed to be haunted by a sea captain named Thomas Maristo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have seen this house. I have not gone in it. But that's because... It was creepy, but it was also 3 a.m. when we went and saw it. And, like, we were mm-hmm. sitting in a park because there's, like, a park in between, like, all of these older style houses. Yeah. And they're absolutely gorgeous. But um, it gave me creepy vibes, but it was also, like, 3 a.m. Everything and, automatically gives you a creepy vibe at 3 a.m., let's be honest. And, like, we knew it was haunted. I didn't know the story of it, but, like, it's a sea captain. Yeah. You know, he liked his they house. Kinda, they kind of go hand in hand at that point. Yeah. Like, their claims are that, like, stuff's moved around the house there. Uh, people have seen him from the windows, like looking out of the house, like the captain. Oh, and nice. then the, the, there are also claims that the stove gets turned on and off by its own, which is a little okay. dangerous. Level one. Okay. Right above a base level. Cause yeah. that's, that's a, that's a dangerous, like murderous ghost. Cause like, if it's a gas stove then you're, you're, you're trying to kill some people there. Exactly. Captain. Yeah. So yeah. because, you know, I have a thing with mm-hmm. theaters yep the imogen theater is said to be haunted but it's basic theater haunting shit okay every theater is haunted this one has a man who likes to walk the balcony yeah so like if you're like on the stage and you look up you'll see like just a silhouette of a man walking on the balcony okay um and then there are also thought that the namesake herself Imogen gooch who is the daughter of a man who bought the building in the 1920s chills out there okay it was named after her um she's like if it's named after me i might as well just chill there exactly st michael's cemetery uh is a cemetery that has been around since the 1700s okay a lot of dead bodies a lot of dead people um it's the classic it's got the classic graveyard shit orbs and figures yeah there's nothing particularly cool about this haunting but there was something cool that like i found about the graveyard and that's why i want to mention it so the archaeological society in pensacola has been using ground penetrating radar to find the graves that go all the way back to the 1700s beautiful love that and the colonists and the slaves were buried side by side as equals oh and i'm like i like that too i just wish they could have done it while the slaves were alive yeah but you know like I think that I thought that was a really cool note that they were like not like they didn't have like unmarked graves for the slaves. Yeah. Like the slaves like had like a spot in St. Michael's graveyard. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So Good like, for them. like you know, it's a little bit of representation, not enough, but like it's there. 
exactly. Like you could have, you could have like not had them be slaves and like you know yeah. given like, them equal rights. And stuff like that. But like at least I guess in death. Yeah, I guess they're equals in death. They're both dead, but still. Um, yeah. I, I I appreciate the thought. Could have been more of a thought. Yes, absolutely. But I appreciate the thought. Yes. Yes. And then the last little. Ooh. You're good. I am okay. I don't know where that came from. The last one is another theater. And as I'm like skimming my notes, the hurricane that I mentioned earlier that destroyed Pensacola with the Luna uh, and fucked up Cuba. Mm -hmm. That's not the hurricane that that hurricane was for this, not for Pensacola. So like a hurricane hit Pensacola, but it didn't hit Cuba. The one that hit Cuba and fucked up Cuba also was was now for this theater that I'm about to talk about, which okay. I'm gonna mispronounce the name of it okay. because the official name of it I think is the Sanger Theater, and again this one had multiple pronunciations, but it's known as the Great Dame of Palafox, so that's a, a Palafox Street, so that's probably how I'm gonna refer to it. Okay, um, and that is because it is this huge like cultural center now mm. that is on Palafox Street, so it's known as the Great Dame of Palafox. It was literally built from the ruins of the pensacola opera house Mm. literally just like a recipe for ghost people yeah like they reused old bricks and stones from the opera house which was destroyed in 1917 by the nueva girona hurricane which Mm. is named that because it destroyed the town of nueva girona in cuba okay i knew it was in there somewhere i knew it was there in my notes somewhere (laughs) i just i just went there too early you're there too early. It's okay. Yeah. This one, it was a bad bitch hurricane. Um, so the Great Dame of Palafox opened in 1925, and it was a theater for both live shows and film. So Broadway shows were performed there as well as early moving pictures, as I guess they were yes. called, uh, like the Ten Commandments, which was what opened <laughs> the theater, was the showing of the Ten Commandments. Damn. Um <laughs> It thrived as a movie theater for a few decades, but then like cineplexes and stuff started coming around. And Damn, you know, fancy. the big guys, the big guys killed the killed the small guy. And in 1975 it closed, but it was reopened as a cultural center in 1981. That's cool. And then the theater was renovated in 1966. Voices have been heard on the balcony, and sometimes okay. the lights act up. Um there is a rumor. Well, I guess it's not a rumor. The The rumor of the ghost is a rumor, but like uh, a man did die in the basement when the boiler exploded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they think that this is the guy who like fucks around with the equipment and stuff like that. Um, because during a touring show, after hanging the lights and adjusting them and all that kinds of stuff and then taking them back up to the top, I completely forgot the name. I worked in a theater for eight years and I completely forgot <laughs> half of the terms. Um, but they took the rungs back up and the lights started going like wildly on their own. Mm. Like they were just like going off and and everybody thinks it was the ghost from the basement that died when the boiler exploded. Okay. Um, but I'm just wondering if it's a ghost of an angry electrician who used to work there and didn't like the way how they like did their tape or whatever. <laughs> because people are very specific about that. Because I'm like, a, a dude who is working in the boiler room would not care about the electrical shit. No. Maybe unless he was down in the boiler room trying to like fix the fuses when the boiler exploded. Yeah, so unless he was an electrician in the boiler room, I don't see why he would, he would I care feel like about we're the playing lights. clue. He was an electrician <laughs> in the boiler room. 
with, a wrench. Saying, with, the, with the wrench. <laughs> Let me check my envelope and see if we're correct here. <laughs> so Pensacola, Old City, very haunted, just like St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. Much more of an amusing history, I guess, would be. Yes, I'm sure there are plenty of other like amusing stories in St. Augustine. St. Augustine, yeah. But the thing is, is that there are so... There's so much un, un, history that's not taught. Recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Recorded because it, it changed hands, like just like Pensacola did change their hands so many times and between the French and uh, the French and the English and the, and, and the Spanish and Pensacola and then just between the British and the Spanish and St. Augustine just kind of it flopped back and forth. But I'm sure there are just... It's weird to me how much Florida got fought over considering nobody wants us now. <laughs> like, the past, like, the past, like, 20 years, the entire rest of the country has been trying to, like, get rid of Florida. Nah, bro, we don't need you. We don't want you. We don't. But in the beginning, Florida was a hot commodity. Oh, yeah. Once, <laughs> Everybody once we figured out, Florida. Once we figured out how to, to, to stay in Florida and not die in Florida... People were like, oh, we got to get in. We got to get in there. But yeah, no, like that, that solid 50 years almost. Now I do give it to you. Pensacola was, was founded first, but Mm -hmm. St. Augustine is the oldest continuously occupied city. That's, that's I will, I will agree with that. Thank you. But Pensacola was first. Pensacola was first, (laughs) but St. Augustine has continuously had people as a settlement. So, um, we throw better was, parties. <laughs> you do throw better parties. <laughs> 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 Bro, we like totally shut up to this land. We gotta throw out a party. <laughs> there, well, because they were so happy that they landed, or at least that's the story that I was told whenever people, I was like, why is there a festival for the got well, like what and they were like oh because you know it was like a big party they all landed and they were like yay we made it and then a hurricane came <laughs> like, no everybody in augustine is just like oh yes and their catholic stoicness is like yeah yes we showed up mm-hmm. yeah whereas pensacola let us, let us worship god and all of his greatness and pensacola is like okay <laughs> <laughs> and like pensacola has kind of kept that up there are three or four colleges so it's it's a college town and it's also got like three or four military bases. I say it was like, it's like literally miles. military bases by themselves as uh-huh. just party central because uh, no matter what branch of the military is you there, pass, you pass through Pensacola is, at least once. Bitches party. Yeah. Bitches party, no question. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you oh, know. That was so good, though. You're welcome. I thought so I, I thought you would enjoy some of those little stories, especially the 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 you know lighthouse with it. Oh my god, with the stupid <laughs> vortex! I can't with people and like okay, so like there are some stories and there are some theories that are like okay, I can stand by that like two percent. I am zero negative a thousand percent behind the weird astrological vortex for the lightning, uh, the lighthouse keeper realm. I'm I can't. There's there's nothing I could possibly do. You know, there's nothing you could show me other than me deciding to become a lighthouse keeper, dying in a storm, and then becoming part of the realm that I would be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And so. if that happens, you got to come get me because I'm not going to believe you <laughs> until I see it. 
Hey, yo, Jesse, I need you to show up to the Pensacola Lighthouse. <laughs> The, the the vortex opens in 30. <laughs> like, it reminds me of, like, those, like, uh, what was it, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, where, like, yes! you know, it's, like, certain nights a year. Yes! Also, Scooby-Doo and, Ghoul, and the Ghoul School is probably one of my favorite Scooby-Doo movies of all time, and it is highly, highly underrated. Yes, it is. Oh my god. Scooby and Shaggy get their own fucking movie with a bunch of oh ugh. beautiful, beautiful movie. Um yeah, your your story was much more fun than mine. Um I was full of But facts. I feel like yours, I was gonna say I feel like yours had because you had a lot more history to find. Yeah. I'm sure there's more that I clearly missed, but Oh, I'm sure there's some that I missed, but I mean it's just here's so our... hard. You can't like bullet point, you know. Which is as much as we can pull out. You can't of the year by today. you can't you can't year by year it. And oh God, like there's some years. There are some years that like don't even have shit anything. that happened. Yeah, it's just like yeah, normal life, normal life. But um, next week or next episode, we um, are going to do similar similar things. I'm going to break down and kind of. I'm sure cryptids will come into the next episode at some point. Yeah, because I know I know of one that is in your location for sure. Oh yeah. So he's he's a fave. So we'll we'll be discussing uh cryptids and true crime and haunted um things and um I am going to be discussing Everglades. And I'm gonna be discussing Lake Okeechobee. There's gonna be way more dead people in yours, I feel like. I don't know, because I feel like the Everglades, like, there's a lot of, I feel like, like, organized crime. Like, I feel like the Everglades were the equivalent to, like, the Boston Harbor. Mm. We're like, you know, yeah. going to put cement to your feet and drop you down the bay type deal. But in the Everglades, it's like, I'm going to leave you for the alligators to eat you. I'm sure I'm uh, I'm excited to see what we're going to find, because with, like, St. Augustine, I kind of had an idea. Same of- with Pensacola. Like we, what we were going to walk into and like kind of. I feel like this was like our little safe space to get started. And then like next week we're diving in head first. It's going to be, it's going to be an all out. We keep both saying next week. (laughs) I know like next, next episode, which is two weeks from now, but um, we are so excited. We hope you enjoyed this extremely long, super long episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you listen to all of it, we highly, highly, highly appreciate it. Um, but we are off to see what else we can pull out of the bucket. Yeah. And if you want to follow us on our, uh, different social media sites that we have, uh, to see like some pictures and stuff that we post dealing with places and things that we talked about today, you can follow us on Instagram at history underscore bucket. And I, I was gonna say, I don't know what the Facebook page is because and you can follow us on our Facebook page where we will consistently kind of update what's going on. Um, when uh, podcasts come out, we will update things on that. Uh, we are exactly uh, one person away from a fo- from 160 follows and two people away from 160 likes. So that's nice. three bucket the podcast on Facebook. And then on Twitter, it is at history underscore bucket, just like it is on Instagram. I forgot the word for it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, follow us on there if you feel like it. Follow us on on Spotify 
if you want to get notified when we drop our episode in two weeks. Yeah, um, we are, I believe we're also trying to get our podcast streaming on other sites. Yes, I am Um, attempting to figure that out. Yes. So we are, we're working on getting us on um, Apple podcasts and um, all your favorite streaming services for your podcasts. But as of right now, we are on Spotify. Please give us a follow, give us a like, share, subscribe, do all the things to help us uh, expand our buckets, our bucket people, our bucket bucket heads, heads. our bucket heads. Because our heads are the bucket that we pull shit out of. (laughs) All the shit coming out of the bucket. God. <laughs> oh god now i'm just thinking of a shit bucket <laughs> wrong bucket wrong bucket, bucket. <laughs> all righty guys we will catch you on the next one thank you so much for listening bye bye